Thank you for your gifts and for your generosity uh, this morning. And I know that God will bless you for that. And uh, we believe that. Um, let's go ahead. And uh, we had a couple requests that during the message that we turn on uh, another set of lights uh, for some of the eyes so we can see our Bibles because we're going to be in God's Word here in just a moment. And so let's do that. All right. Is that okay? We're going to try it. We'll give it a shot. All right. All right. There we go. We have been in a series that I've been preaching. Last week we took a little break, but uh, really complimented what we were doing. And I've been talking about a supernatural God. And really the heart of the, the series came from your heart. As I met with you last fall, I heard you over and over say, we want to see a, a move of God at our church in this community. And there was a hunger and there was a thirst for God to move, striving for the supernatural to be evident in our lives. We started the first week and we looked at the activity of the Holy Spirit throughout Scripture. And there were five areas that we could look and say, this is the areas that the Holy Spirit was active. In the area of convicting, regenerating, which is a salvation piece where, where we're regenerated, made new. Then there was an indwelling, and a maturing, and then an empowering that each of us are able to experience as we embrace the power of a supernatural God. Two weeks ago, we talked about why we need the Holy Spirit in our lives. And we said, not in the, as a matter of dramatics, but as a, a matter of fact, that we need the Holy Spirit in our lives, and it's a matter of life and death. And if you were with us and uh, were a part of that service, um, you remember how we talked to that it's not just a good idea to have the Holy Spirit active in our lives, but we need the Holy Spirit, a supernatural God, to help us with our flesh. <clears throat> I'm not, I can hardly hear myself. I'm not sure. We're using a different mic. We blew our, my headset last week. I'm struggling. I'm, gonna, I'm like straining, and I need a drink, but if you, I'm not sure if you can get me in one of these monitors or something. That would be helpful. <clears throat> Sorry about that. We said our, our supernatural God helps us with our flesh. In fact, why don't we turn in our Bibles to Galatians chapter 5 for a moment. Galatians chapter 5, and there's a, a couple verses I want to highlight just in review from last week. Thank you. That's better. Galatians chapter 5. Verse 16 says this, So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Another verse, if you fast forward to verse 24 or 21, it says that those who live like this, after he gives a whole list of, of things in the flesh, uh, those that live by the flesh will not inherit the kingdom of God. And then we're encouraged in verse 25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And the challenge is that we, as believers, people that the Holy Spirit dwells inside of us, we need to have an activity of the Holy Spirit alive and well in us. But we realize that the works of the flesh are impossible if we're walking in the Spirit, and that's so important that there should be a difference between an unbeliever, someone that professes Christ, and someone that doesn't profess Christ. 
But we looked at the idea that there are many unbelievers that have a tremendous amount of joy or peace or even deny a sinful behaviors. And when we line them up against believers, there should be a difference, but not all, there's not always a difference. And our heart, my heart, in this series, as we've been engaging this supernatural God, is to stir up a curiosity of the Holy Spirit. Even if you don't fully understand, if you don't even agree, you have questions about the Holy Spirit, that the whole, we're praying that the Holy Spirit would just reveal himself in a powerful way. And today, we're going to look at the Holy Spirit, a supernatural God, in regards to our witness. Okay. Amen. And then our takeaway this morning is that we can do something natural and we'll let God do the supernatural. And that's kind of where we're headed. Let me pray. <clears throat> Lord, thank you for this time. And Lord, we just ask that in these next few moments, Lord, that you would capture uh, our hearts. And Lord, that the truth of your word, the power of uh, preaching would make a difference. Not only in my life, Lord, but in the lives of those that hear it. And we ask this for your glory, for your honor. And on this Mission Sunday, I pray that there would be a fire deep inside of our uh, bodies that will begin to burn or even be enlarged this morning for your glory, for your honor. And we'll give you the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks. Is there a need for evangelism today? Is there a need for us to be a witness? Let me just take a quick poll. Is there anyone that you know personally that you suspect that they do not know Christ? Now, I know we're not the judge, okay? We're not the ones that you know, ultimately makes the decision. But is there anyone in your life, just by a show of hands, that you suspect that they do not know Christ? Maybe a family member, a husband or a wife. Maybe an aunt or an uncle, a grandma or a grandpa. Maybe a neighbor, maybe a co-worker, maybe someone at school that you have a sense that they may not know Christ. Well, the fact is, is that there's a huge need for evangelism to share the gospel. And what does gospel mean? Good news, that's right. Not bad news, not to share hate speech, not to stand up with a, with a bullhorn saying, you're going to hell, get saved. Not to point our index fingers and say, this is what you're doing wrong. Because how many know when you point your index finger, oftentimes you get another finger that, uh, in response. <laughs> The need for evangelism is high. But for many of us, if we're honest, we, many of us are failing in our responsibility to be a witness. We put up on our uh, mission statement that we are to connect with God, connect with each other, connect with the world. Matthew 28, 19 is not just a good idea when it says to go and make disciples. That word go in the Greek is an imperative it's a charge. It's a command. And it's important that we understand that. We have more technology today 
in this world, but in the regards to impact in many areas of the world, we have less impact. And I would say especially here in the States, especially in our community where we live. Now, I know what some of you are saying. What can I do? And there is a list of excuses that we could talk about. Well, you say, I don't know how to be a witness. Or I have a fear of rejection. Or I'm afraid of being embarrassed. And, and I can understand that. And I can relate to some of that. You say, well, what would I even say? Or it's not my responsibility. Or it's not my personality to be able to stand up and to be a witness. Someone else will do it, right? Maybe you're sitting here this morning you're saying, well, I'm not really qualified to, to share or maybe there's sin in your life, and you're saying, well, I'm a believer. I've got Jesus in my heart, but I'm still struggling in some areas. And until I fix those things, I can't really share the good news, the gospel. Well, the reality of what I want us to understand this morning is that our witness is easier than those questions. It should be natural. It should be who we are. And what I want us to know is that this morning, if we do something natural, we can let God do the supernatural. It's not our job to be the, the, uh, uh, the convicting police, to point out sins in others' lives. The Holy Spirit has that one covered. But where do we start? And where I want us to start this morning is in John chapter 15. And I want us to dive into a couple of verses uh, here in John chapter 15 that really speak to us connecting with God because our witness is a response of our connection with him. John chapter 15 verse 26 in the Amplified Version says this. It says that when the comforter, the counselor, helper, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, standby comes... When the Holy Spirit comes, when a supernatural God comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who comes, who proceeds from the Father, He will testify regarding me. Now, some of you are reading that and you're saying, okay, well, that's good. It's the Holy Spirit's job to be a witness, right? You see that? We just read it. But if you read the next verse, you're not off the hook. It says, but you also will testify and my and be my witnesses. Why? Why will we testify and be witness to the Holy Spirit that's active in people's lives? Because you have been with me from the beginning. What I want us to see here this morning is that part there that says you have been with me. That there's a supernatural relationship that we can have with our Heavenly Father. And out of that relationship, after we've been in His presence, after there's an intimacy there, time spent, communion, out of that, the result is testifying, being a witness for His glory, for His honor. It starts with a genuine, real, authentic relationship with Jesus. And the deeper you go with your Heavenly Father, the more you know Jesus, the stronger your witness will be. It's a fact. 
Turn with me to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. One of the great verses that many times we look to when we look at the Holy Spirit's activity. It's interesting that these particular words here in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, are really the last recorded words from Jesus, right before he's ascending. I want you just to imagine as we read these words here in a second that we are with Jesus, and then he's going to ascend right after he says these. It'd be like if you were at the, at the bedside of your husband or wife right before they're ready to pass, and they say these last words. Or maybe at a grandma or grandpa, and you're in the, in the room, and I don't know if you've ever had the privilege of seeing someone uh, take their last breath. It's really a, 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 a interesting dynamic. But their last words, what would that be? Those would be important words. They're not going to be talking about the sports, uh, you know, what happened, uh, you know, with the Red Wings or what happened with, uh, you, know, you know, with the neighbor that they're fighting with, right? There are going to be some powerful words. And listen to what it says, Acts 1.8. It says, but you shall receive power, ability, efficiency, and might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth, the very bounds of the earth. Now, this is important. We're not going to look at these words, and, and we could study what Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth means, and, we, and a lot of you have, have done that. But I want you to think about who Jesus is telling these words to. He's telling these words to a group of followers, his disciples, that he called at the beginning of his ministry. Turn with me quickly to Mark chapter 1, verse 16. It says this, as Jesus was walking down the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting the net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Verse 17 says, he says, Jesus says, come follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And at once they left their nets and they followed him. There's a more complete or a fuller account of that in Luke chapter 5. It's a little longer. The key verse there that I just want you to see is in verse 10. Jesus says, now you will cast and be fishers of men. You are no longer going to catch fish, but you're going to catch men. Fishers of men. And these were guys that were normal, ordinary. Some would even call them simple or common. There was nothing special about the men that Jesus picked, except that their hearts were willing to be engaged with Jesus. It's interesting. I ran across a, 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 um, a little thing here that Jesus, if you could just imagine, as he was picking his 12 disciples, maybe he did a little evaluating before he said, hey, come on to my team. And it's possible that Jesus uh, would have uh, maybe hired an outside, outside consulting company to help him hire. And in fact, this little account says that he did. And, uh, and it says this. This is the results. He says, thank you for submitting your resumes of the 12 men that you have picked for management positions in your organization. Just imagine this, Jesus getting this information back. All of them have now taken our battery of tests, and we have not only run the results through our computers, but also arranged personal interviews for each of them with our psychologists and vocational aptitude consultants. Can you imagine that happening? It says, it is our staff's opinion that most of your nominees are lacking background, education, and vocational aptitude, 
for the type of enterprise you are undertaking. They do not have the team's concept. They would, we would recommend that you continue your search for persons of experience in managerial ability and proven capacity. Now, it's interesting. You say, well, what was so wrong with the 12 that Jesus was picking? Well, let's read on. It says, Simon Peter is emotionally unstable and given to fits of anger. Andrew was, has absolutely no qualities of leadership. The two brothers, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, place personal interests above the company loyalty. Thomas demonstrates a questioning attitude that would tend to undermine morale. We feel it is our duty to tell you that Matthew has been blacklisted by the Greater Jerusalem Better Business Bureau. Okay? <laughs> James, the son of Alphaeus and Theatus, um, definitely have radical leanings, and they both register a high score on the manic depressive scale. How about that? But there is one candidate, it continues and closes, however, who shows great potential. <laughs> He's a man of ability and resourcefulness, meets people well, has a keen business mind, and has contacts in high places. We recommend Judas Iscariot as your controller and your right-hand man. All of the other profiles are explanatory, uh, self-explanatory. We wish you success in your new venture. I read that to say, look, these disciples that were hearing those words in Acts chapter 1, but you will receive power and you will be my witness. They were ordinary people. There was nothing supernatural about those 12 guys. They were natural, ordinary, but God did something supernatural through them. They weren't leaders. They weren't learned. They weren't wealthy. They were real, genuine, ordinary people. And the fact is, is that God still uses real, ordinary people like you and like me. God uses anyone. Don't let the devil lie to you. Jesus is ready this morning to pick you right now. But the question is, are you ready for the supernatural God to use you, to help you be a witness? It's interesting. I said you'll never get a chance to give uh, outside of this side of eternity. Think about it just for a second. You will never have a chance to be a witness once you get to heaven either. This is our opportunity. This is the time. And you know what's interesting? Satan knows that. And he comes against us and tricks us and comes up with all kinds of excuses of why we cannot share the good news. But I cannot stand before you this morning and let us get away ignoring the Holy Spirit in our witness any longer. Maybe you're here this morning, you're bored with Christianity. Maybe you feel like your life is totally ineffective. Well, there is a supernatural God that wants to take your natural abilities and to do something supernatural through it. Many of you have underestimated your ability to make an impact. It's natural, and God does the supernatural. I want to look at just three quick things that you can do this week 
and really for the next season of our church that will help you make a difference. And they're natural things, easy things. The first thing is that you can be a friend to someone. Be friendly. Turn to your neighbor and say, be friendly. <laughs> we should be the most friendly people on the face of the planet. If Jesus lives inside of you, there should be a smile on your face. Now, I'm not thinking that we're always, you know, up, and I know there's ups and downs in life, right? We don't want to be fake and, you know, just always have a smile. But as a rule, would you agree that we can be friendly to others, especially friendly to unbelievers? So the first thing is to be a friend to someone. The second thing that is very natural, something that we all can do, is we can serve someone. We can help out. We can be a blessing to someone in their life. Someone outside of these four walls. Someone in our neighborhood. Someone at work. Someone at school. We can serve someone. Very natural. The other thing that we can do is we can pray for someone. We can pray. We can ask God to, to move on someone else's life, to draw them to Jesus. We can pray. That's very natural. And when we befriend someone, when we serve someone, when we pray for someone, at that moment we can allow the Holy Spirit to do his work, a supernatural work. I want to do something here this morning. We already took communion, but we're going to do a little extra communion. It's really not biblical, but underneath the seats on uh, um, this row here, kind of all the straight back, same thing here, here, and then here. I want, there's a, some M&Ms underneath, uh, underneath your chairs. I want the person at the end there to open those Take a couple and pass those down, all right? And uh, we're going to make sure. And uh, guys in the back, you're going to need a whole pack, all right? Aren't these guys in the back doing a great job? All right, good. All right, so open it up and then pass those down. Everybody get a couple M&Ms in your hand. Don't eat them yet. Don't worry, they melt in your mouth, not in your hand, we hope, all right? So get some M&Ms, all right? All right? Do a little, uh, little experiment here. Does everyone have a couple M&Ms? All right? So we're going to do this, all right? Okay, does everybody have some M&Ms in your hand? No, not yet? You need some more back there, brother? Morgan, there you go. Get that back to Morgan right behind you there, Mark. And uh, anyone else need some more? Everybody has some, right? Larry, I gave you two packages already. Here comes one more. Left hand throw. Oh, it didn't make it. Oh, shoot. Okay. All right, anybody else need some more? Peanut, you need some peanut ones. All right. I hear that call for peanuts. They are nuts up here. All right. For, all right. We all have them. Before they melt in our mouth or in our hands, let's get them in our mouth all together. If you like M&Ms and chocolate, if you don't, don't have to participate, let's eat some M&Ms together. Mm. Let it savor in your mouth. Mm. Chocolate. Now that is friendly, isn't it? Is that serving or what? You're going to tell your friends, say, man, at my church, they give us chocolate. <laughs> On communion Sunday, we partook in chocolate. <laughs> I 
Everyone say, mmm, that was good. That was natural, right? Something natural, but it puts a smile on your face, right? And then we let the Holy Spirit sweeten the deal with his presence. I want to help you in the next season. We are several, just a few um, weeks away from Easter. About six weeks, I think, if I count it up right. It's hard to believe, isn't it? Easter, Easter break. What we've done is we provided a very natural tool for you. And I'm not used to preaching with a microphone in my hand. Can you open that? All these things, I need my hands. We're going to fix that this week, right? All right, we're not going to let that go another week. All right, so what we did is we have provided enough for each person here to take a bag. And you say, well, what's in the bag? Well, inside each of these bags, there are 10 connection cards. It says, we hope this sweetens your day. Now, just imagine, you know, it sweetened our day this morning, a little chocolate on our tongues, right? That's nice. Just imagine being able to give away a little fun size connection point. And then on the back, it just says the Gateway Church. It has our phone number and the time we meet on Sunday. What I'd like for you to do is to consider taking something natural like this and give this to 10 people from now through Easter and just to be a blessing. And let God do something supernatural through a natural touch like this. Now, we do this for a couple reasons. This M&M challenge to sweeten the deal, so to speak, we're looking at 1,000 natural touches in our community to reach our community. There are 1,000, a little over actually, 1,000 of these connection cards and we are believing that by you being out, maybe after lunch today, if you leave a good tip, and you know what's good in uh, in our culture is you know 15 to 20 percent. If you don't tip 15 percent a minimum, don't leave this, okay? All right, just uh, <laughs> there's others. You know that's okay. That's your prerogative. You don't have to. I'm not saying that's wrong, but don't leave this with a dollar. If the bill is $30, okay? <laughs> Boy, we're really sweet in their day. Because it's the power of Christ. It's really going to change it. No. Um, if you leave a good tip, 15 to 20%, leave a little connection card. Maybe in your office, one day as you pray, you say, God, show me the day. Take the 10 and go give these to 10 of the people that you work with. Or maybe God will put it on your heart that in homeroom class at school, you're going to take the 10 that you have and pick out 10 people that maybe are kind of not the popular ones and just, you know, go in and just say, hey, here's, I hope this sweetens your day. And just leave it at that. Do something natural and let the Holy Spirit do something supernatural through it. Now, we are believing, and I've shared with our, our leadership and I've shared with, um, uh, with a few others that have been praying with me, we are believing that we will break the 200 mark on Easter Sunday morning. At Christmas, right before Christmas, the, the, the Christmas Sunday, not Christmas Sunday, but the week before, we had our highest attended Sunday in the history of the church, just, just under 190. And I believe that we can 
break the 200 barrier. If we can do something natural and let the Holy Spirit do something supernatural through us. That there will be people saved. And not that we have to wait till Easter, but I believe this week as you take these and as you give those maybe to a neighbor or get to another employee or to maybe you give it to your boss and say, hey, hey, I'm praying for you, saying something simple like that, that God is going to start to stir inside of us. And there will be a connection. And the sweetness of the candy is just the tool that God's going to use this season to, to help us to continue to grow. But we need you to partner with us and consider doing this. We need to do this as a body together. 1,000 natural touches to reach our community. Now, we need to question our walk. This is hard to say. We need to question our walk with Jesus if we're not willing to do something outside of these four walls. Because if Jesus is truly residing in your heart, you have something to share. Jesus said to go. And so we need to go with a measure of love and a measure of boldness. We may experience the awkward, but let that awkward moment as we're giving this to a friend or maybe to an enemy, let that awkward moment, that natural moment, let God do something awesome in that moment. Do you believe that's possible? I'm saying this morning that there are no excuses. No excuses for us. We can do the natural and believe and pray for God to do the supernatural. About three weeks ago, the Lord put this idea in my heart to do this. And we've been working on it. had to order the M&Ms and order the uh, business cards and things. And I was driving down the road, and there was a song that came on the radio. And as I was just singing along, I'd heard it before, and uh, I was, M&M here. I don't want that one to go to waste. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Look, there's a bird. No, <laughs> I'm easily distracted. Sorry. Don't put another one down there. <laughs> Anyway, I was driving down the road, and I, this song, I'm like, this song fits what we're talking about this morning. And what I want us to do, I want every single one of us to consider, would you, I'm looking at some of you, and I'm saying, boy, this is going to be a stretch, but I'm challenging you, would you, in the next six weeks, take 10 connection points and give out 10 things, believing God to do something supernatural through a natural connection touch with someone else. I want you to listen to this song. The words are going to be up here. And I only want you to move and to come and to receive a bag if you're willing to partner with us. Just sit there by yourself if you don't want to do it. And that's okay. No one's going to say, oh, what's wrong with you? Um, but if the Lord would stir in your heart to take 10. Each of these bags have 10 connection points, 10 M&Ms. And would you make a difference with us? Go ahead and let's play the song. Let's consider our connection with the Lord. And would you partner with me 
if you would, I want you just to stand up right where you are, come and get a bag, return to your seats, and then we'll continue with the service. Now watch the words. No excuses, right? We refuse. Amen and amen and amen. I want to finish our time with a, a story. How many of you like to fish? Uh, any, any fishermen? Uh, all right. We talked about the disciples being called from their fishing duties, and Jesus said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. No longer are you going to be fishing for fish, but you're going to be fishing for souls, right? And that's what the disciples did. They gave their lives for that. And um, it's interesting, uh, there was a fisherman 
who had incredible amount of favor or success in his fishing career. Every time this guy went out into the lake, he was getting incredible amounts of fish. In fact, it caught the attention of his friends and it caught the attention of even the DNR. They're saying, well, what's going on? This guy, every time he's out, he's bringing back just loads of fish. So the DNR came up to him and said, hey, can we go out with you into the, uh, you know, to, to watch you fish and just maybe pick up some tips? And, uh, and the guy's like, sure, come on. And, you know, he, they jump in the boat and they head out. The DNR guy's waiting to see what kind of uh, tackle he's going to pull out. And, uh, and he's like, man, there's not a whole lot of equipment in this boat. And uh, the guy says, are you ready to fish? The DNR says, hey, let's do it guy opens up his tackle box and he pulls out a piece of dynamite. He lights it, throws it in the water, boom! And he says, here's a net. <laughs> and they start scooping up the fish. Loads of fish. And the DNR is like, okay. And he's like, okay, that's, that's good. He says, but that's illegal. And he's saying, you're going to have to go to prison because you've been blowing up fish in our streams and in our lake. The fisherman thought he's quick on his feet. He opens up his tackle box. He lights another thing of dynamite, hands it to the DNR, says, what are you going to do? <laughs> Partners in crime, right? Right? <laughs> now, I say that to say this. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, where it says, you will receive power. Do you know what that word in the Greek comes from? It comes from a word, dunamis, which is dynamite. And I just believe that in this next season, as a church, that as we do the natural, we strike the dynamite and we, we do a little fishing for souls. That there's going to be an explosion in the supernatural. Dynamite, dunamis power, Holy Spirit power. It's not what you can do. It's what the Holy Spirit does through you. And I would just want to challenge us to be a friend, to serve, to pray. And could we believe together that as we do something natural, that God is going to do something supernatural? Amen? I want you to stand with me this morning. And uh, I want you, just in these final closing moments, I want you to imagine yourself at the restaurant after church today. Or imagine yourself picking five neighbors in your neighborhood. Or picking some students in your class that you are feeling called to, to give a nice treat to. And I want to challenge you this morning just to visualize, just close your eyes, and I want you to see yourself doing something natural. Being a friend. Maybe serving someone. Praying. But then letting God 
do something supernatural through you. Let me pray for you, and then you'll be dismissed. Lord, we thank you for these moments. Lord, where you charge us up to do something greater than ourselves. Lord, I pray that this morning you would help us, God, to have a heart for the lost, to see our walls expanded, to see our hearts expanded for those that are hurting and need you. Lord, I pray this morning that we would refuse not to move. But Lord, we would be mobilized from here. And Lord, I pray that on this Missions Sunday, that we would be focused on reaching the lost right in our community. Lord, we love what you're doing across the world, and we partner with that as well. But we are not going to sit around and wait for someone else to do the job that God has called us to do, like the song said. We refuse. We refuse. Lord, I pray that you go before us, behind us, and all around us. Help us, Jesus, to make a difference in your wonderful name. And all God's people said, amen and amen, amen. As we leave, I want to listen to that song one more time. You can get it playing. Go in the grace of God. We'll see you later. We refuse, right? <laughs>